Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Mayor's Minutes. Yes, I am wearing a hat. Uh, I didn't want to take it off and show you a hat head in the middle, but it's still a little too cold. Although today it's a balmy 29 degrees compared to yesterday. Um, yesterday when I left City Hall around 630, it was uh, 6 degrees. Um, so a definite warm front through there. So hopefully you're um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm looking at Ed Quinn's comment. Um, um, you know, uh, hopefully you guys are staying warm and staying healthy. Um, I'm joined today, as I have been the last week or so, by uh, the superintendent of schools, Dr. Brandy Kwong. Uh, welcome, Dr. Kwong. Thank you very much. Um, thrilled to have you. That means we'll get some love buttons pressed there because uh, I don't see those typically on the show unless, unless I have you on. But we're going to do the COVID numbers first. Because um, the numbers, they are alarming, uh, they are concerning, uh, but we're going to talk about the good and the bad of it, right? So uh, so let's go to the numbers if we can, guys, if you get the charts. All right. <clears throat> so you can see 19, a new all-time record for the city of Methuen, 1,902 new cases this week. So we set our previous high last week. For those of you history buffs in the audience, that was 1,261. Uh, 1,902 is now the all-time high. Um, and um, typically, um, I should say typically, what we're seeing is uh, it's everywhere. City employees, uh, school employees, kids, adults, etc. And we're going to go through that. Um, in many cases, many cases, I want to be careful and use my words, uh, the symptoms are, how do I say this? More like a significant cold. They're lessening. They're yeah. Lessening. Uh, but I do have to report that we had five deaths. Mm. Five. Um, and so for those of you that poo-poo all this, all this stuff about COVID, why do we even five deaths? To those families that lost people, we extend our heartfelt sympathies. Uh, the five deaths, just so you know. One was a person in their 50s. Um, let me just see where I got it. One was a person in their Three males and two females. One was in their 50s, one was in their 60s, and three in the 70s. So um, definitely making an impact. Uh, while a case can be made to say that the micron variant has been a little bit milder than what we saw previously, um, it's still deadly, as you can see here, right? Because we did not have five deaths in a week any other time. If you are, um, if you have underlying health conditions, you should be getting vaccinated. I can't keep saying this enough. So I'm going to keep saying the mayor is not going to mandate vaccines. All right. So those of you that are on that side of the ledger, you can you can understand what I'm saying there. But I am telling you, go get vaccinated, especially if you have any underlying health condition. Don't take the risk. It's not worth it. In the end. All right, so uh, five deaths. And we also had uh, two hospitalizations, one male and one female. One was in their 60s and the other 70s. So there's been a lot of reckoning of the MAVEN data system. That's the state data system for um, tracking all this stuff and what the city uses, what we use with the schools when we meet. So um, it is what it is. Let's go to the good and not so good. Uh, Ryan likes me to keep a couple things so the first one is we're in the peak to those holiday gatherings. So now it's, it's spreading everywhere. Uh, 
Um, um, most vaccinated individuals are experiencing mild symptoms. That's the good news. So get vaccinated. We do have vaccine clinics open. Uh, the schools remained open and are weathering the storm and doing an unbelievably good job. Kudos, Superintendent, uh, to the admin, the staff, the teachers, and the parents. And we do know it's frustrating in some cases. Staff attendance being what it is, it causes, I can't even predict the dynamic nature of it, right? So I know how hard it is for me with 440 employees. It's got to be, and I say that candidly because I, I, you know, I watch people pour their heart and souls out on social media. And while I understand your angst, I also um, am not going to dodge the question. Um, this is not something that the superintendent nor the school committee can make a decision on that will counteract what Desi is, is indicating here, right? So if you want to appeal to somebody, appeal to... Board of Education. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's where you go, right? Um, so other good news, and, and, you know, I forgot the big news, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, the epidemiologists are predicting the surge to peak and then regress in mid-February. So here we are, week two, week three almost in January. I forget where we are day to day. Yeah. That's an age thing. <laughs> um, so what they're saying is by mid-February, it'll start to regress a little bit. And that's good news. Um, because everything they said about the post-holiday period has been deadly accurate. So on the, uh, also on the good side, uh, let's talk about something. not very, So uh, the city received notice yesterday that we won the arbitration of the Superior's officers. Uh, the Superior Officers Union have 30 days to appeal that decision. So we'll wait and see what they do. Uh, but that's, that's really great news for the city. Um, and it puts us back to square one. Um, and now we have to figure out how we go back to bargaining with uh, the only union we don't have a contract with. Right? I shouldn't say that because we're nearing the end of the, uh, we're nearing conclusion with the patrolman's contract. Um, those are the two that are left um, that in the Superiors. And I think when you see the patrolman's contract, you're going to see a contract that's favorable to the city and favorable to the employees. All right, that's what we try to do. Um, I would tell you one of the keys to negotiations that they teach you is both parties walk away from the table with some things they wanted and uh, not getting some things they wanted. And so that's extremely important. So um, uh, that is really good news. And... Um, you know, we look to build on that, right? Kind of put that in the past behind us, um, address it, move on. So let's go back to the good and not so good. Um, you know, the vaccination level, I, I, I know I, I saw, God bless my mother uh, who passed. Uh, I used to tell my, you don't have to say the same thing to me 50 times. And now here I am saying the same thing to you 500 times. Please get vaccinated, please. What will it take for you to get vaccinated? I guess that's my question today. What will it take for you to get vaccinated? I'm convinced that it protects you. The positive cases went from 1201 to 1902. Our rate went up 1.7 times. You can see that in a later chart, right? We went from like 196, uh, let me see, 196.2 per 100,000 residents to 366.2 this week. So uh, we're hoping to see some downward trend. And I talked about the five new deaths. And so that's not to be trivialized, right? 
Um, so on the, on the general side, I think it's important that you understand we are working um, as hard as possible to get um, at-home test kits, and I saw that the governor is talking about some 26 million kits. I wonder if that will bump our order out a little bit. Um, so uh, kudos and thank you to the towns of Drake and Tingsboro who partnered with the city of Methuen to put it in order. And we have 8,000 test kits, which is 16,000 test kits ordered as of last Friday. Thank you, city council, for that special meeting. Um, and we're working on a distribution methodology right now. So I, myself, the mayor, am spending my nights going through the list that we compiled of who we gave the kits out to before. So we've got kind of a look across the city of where the kits went. And we want to make sure that the kits are getting out to the people that need them. So I would ask you, if you don't need an at-home test kit, please don't come to get one because you think you might need it in three months. Right? Uh, we're going to come out with a distribution methodology, and we're going to share that with the city council. We're going to share that with you. Um, and it includes, you know, our disabled community, our senior community. Um, you know, we were talking about the backpack program, but now I think the $26 million will change that, I right? Think so. Um, which is good news because it yes. allows us to go further. Um, but, you know, my plea to you is um, we're going to have more orders if we need them. Only take them if you need them, right? So there's that. Okay. Um, and we also are working... So we've got a couple of companies that contacted the city that are looking to do PCR and other kinds of tests for profit, meaning they wouldn't charge you, but they would charge your insurance company. Um, so the city is looking at that to lessen the demand. Um, in the meantime, I do want to continue to give a shout-out to Great Lawrence Family Health Center. They are doing an unbelievable job uh, keeping up with the demand. Um, and as I told you last week on the show, we did petition the state for additional sites to do it, and we're told no. Um, and that was a little frustrating. That's too bad. And then we've got these companies. So we're, we're trying to uh, take a hard look at these companies that are coming in that are, um, you know, what's in it for them? Right. right. How does this work? Right. How does it work so it doesn't penalize residents, but we get additional testing capability? So more to come on that in the next 48 hours. I can tell you Felix Zumble's working hard on that. You'll probably hear all about that again yeah. tomorrow. So <laughs> so there's that. That's the good and the not so good. Let's move on. I'll do the others pretty quickly. Uh, this is the by gender. You can see we're into the 7,000 range now, almost in the 8,000 range for females. Um, okay, and then as you go to the life, over the life, you can see that the under 19 is by far and away the leader. But the really telling side is the next one. Look at that under 19. So we jumped from uh, 191 under the age of 19 the previous week to 528. So a fourfold, almost a fourfold increase in the number under 19. Um, and the key is vaccination. Right? We still got those vaccination clinics at YMCA. Um, you can walk in and get any dose, and I would urge you to do that if you're over the age of five. Uh, but we're definitely in the throes of it now. And then if you look at um, surrounding communities, you say, you know, what's different? And the answer is nothing. Um, while Lawrence is significantly higher, 
Uh, Methuen's at 22% positive. Lawrence is at 32%. And Havel's at 18 Right, So a significant spike here in wave four or three, whatever you want to call this, your micron variant. Right? And as I said, the epidemiologists were saying uh, by mid-February, this will all start to tone back. Um, okay, then the three-city comparison, you can see that uh, Methuen had 1,475 cases over the last two weeks. Haver had 1,334, so again, neck and neck there. Lawrence, 3,623. And so, again, you go into um, what's different between Lawrence, Haverhill, Methuen, and really the, the final answer, not to be Jeopardy-like here, is density. You've got more people packed into smaller square footage. So Methuen is 27 square miles. Lawrence is 7 square miles, and the population is more than two times Methuen, right? Yeah, so you're, you've got twice the amount of people in a much smaller space. It's going to lead to more transmission of the variant, right? So, all right, and then the, um, the most important chart, the state is now nearing 90% for the percent of the population age 5 and over that received a first dose. So across the state of Massachusetts, 88.4, that green number at the top, and you don't have to take it from me. Go to the dashboard. 88.4% are um, – and actually the lower chart says 89.4, so I have to check that. So 88.4 are the population that have received a first dose across Commonwealth. Methuen is at 75.3. So we are making incremental progress, but we're still significantly off the state. That means elsewhere in the state somebody else is way above the – Average to bring them a Methuen up. And if you look at the fully vaccinated, the state is nearing 77%, and Methuen's at 67%. So we're 10% off the pace. Um, so again, uh, as I do every show, as I'm going to make an appeal to you, reach out to our city nurse, reach out to our, our health inspection director, Felix Zemmel, reach out to um, our talented professionals. And I want to give a shout-out to our school nurses, um, and all the people in DPH, our city nurse, that are working so hard across the city. I'm going to reiterate something I said last week. Um, the city side, the school side, much like you, has been tremendously impacted by this wave. Right? I gave you numbers last week that said 40-some-odd city employees. Well, believe me, it's bigger than that now. Right? So we're, we put an 800 number in for employees to call. That's how many people are getting it. So they call HR, the HR 800 number say, my name is so-and-so, my date of birth is this, either I'm a close contact or I tested positive, and then the wheels start turning, right? But, um, you know, we've had to, on my side of the ledger, plug and play a lot. And so the department heads, kudos for the job that you're doing. You can still come into City Hall and come to the customer service station you see the new sliding glass door that we put in. There's two now. Okay. Um, and that's, um, you know, to kind of encompass and keep the customer service station warm, but also to allow access to certain individuals beyond the customer service station when you have an appointment. So uh, we're remaining open. Uh, most of the boards and commissions 
have gone virtual for the month of January. Um, that's because our meeting rooms at City Hall are very small. And so we're trying to do our best to mitigate uh, you know, the spread. I would imagine on your side of the ledger, it's, my problem is small compared to what you're doing from a staff and otherwise standpoint, right? Um, I, I would say it's all different, right? Yeah. So, so I think the hardest part uh, that feels different than last year is that we are in full school. So full swing, all kids in the building, classes, schedules, lunches. Uh, so, so last week and this week have been uh, very difficult, uh, and our principals are doing a remarkable job. Uh, we start looking at staff lists you know, each evening, going into early morning to make sure that things are covered. Um, so, you know, it's quite a task. Um, and I know uh, we talk about this at school committee. I know I've had my fair share of conversations with parents. Uh, I know, ideally, it is not great to have kids in a media center for some of their classes or all of their classes on any given day. Uh, but we have had to do that. Just simply, we don't have enough you know, one-to-one staff to put in individual classrooms. So we have, you know, one staff member watching two or three classes in a larger yep. space. Uh, the high school auditorium and the media centers are, you know, on some days very busy and some days aren't as busy. Um, so it, it has been uh, much more difficult. The plans that we put in place are really being used. The spaces are being used uh, now for the things that we didn't really have to use them for yet. Yep. Uh, and we didn't have to use them like this last year. So yeah. it's a very different feeling in the building. Uh, but just being in the buildings, I the kids still are masks on, uh, doing a great job. Um, they're resilient as, as anything. Um, you know, we took them outside today, and probably on a normal <laughs> winter day it might have been too cold. But just get them outside, yeah, yeah. get some fresh air and a mask break, and, you know, bring them in when it gets too cold, right? So... I just think everybody has a different perspective on what's important, and so uh, it, it was, it's been good. There's lots of teaching and learning happening. It's just it's a it's a it, it is a really interesting exercise, a very stressful exercise uh, every morning for the principals and their teams to make sure that kids are supervised and safe because that's our priority. Um, and right now, you know, Mary Gallant, our director of health services, uh, is making sure our nurses are covered. You know, our nurses are not um, immune to uh, this and being affected by COVID and their families. So uh, that's been a struggle as well. So we're yeah. really, uh, you know, we're stretched thin. It's, it's overwhelming, but we're, we're making it work. And um, we know that there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I think that's, again, just talking to people. I think that's how everybody's feeling. Like we know the next two or three weeks is going to be the hardest and then it'll start waning down as yeah. we approach February vacation. You yeah. know? So it does feel different, though. Yeah, it does. So uh, I noticed, um, I don't know if you said, so the uh, Boston superintendent went in and actually taught a classroom. Yes. And they put her on TV, and I said, Psh, we long since did that. I mean, where was the TV <laughs> we, then? Yeah. I know. How come that wasn't on MCS, right? Yeah. Uh, so yes, and and Ed, you're right. So we've had, I mean, Martha Saroyes, Kim Quinn. I mean, yeah. we've had everybody deployed to yeah. help us cover places. Uh, the high school is a very big school, as you know. So we have people helping us do bathroom duties and lunch duties, and yep. 
you know, it's just you need people to be able to do those things and to keep kids safe and supervised. So, yes, we, we thank everybody in the district who has been stepping in and doing all kinds of tasks yeah. that they might normally have to do. Now, I got two questions here that I'm going to link together. So, Teresa, you said, do you know if the city of Methuen will get more free rapid COVID-19 tests? Attributing the residents, I believe there was an event, it was December, where, the city, where did the city get these kits? A lot of employees, okay. And then Paul Jensen said, can we get them to veterans? So let me explain. So part of that's in the distribution methodology. So um, uh, the answer to your question first, Teresa, is we got those test kits from the state. The state gave them to us. I forget the exact number we got, but we got less than 8,000 kits. 8,000 kits is 16,000 tests. Um, so these are for Methuen residents only. Right? So, Teresa, are they free? They're free to you. The city is paying for them. So, essentially, your tax dollars are helping to pay for test kits that we're going to give you. Right? That's where the distribution methodology is so important. And so, Paul, to your question, can we get them to veterans? Yes, we can. But we have to be careful because we've got kind of lists that have redundancies on them. So, we've got, we, we, just so you know, in addition to the drive-through we did, we sent out test kits through the YMCA, through the senior center. I'm going to miss somebody now. I know. We did some through the backpack program, yep. right? Uh, and let me use. Um, so I met with the disabled commission the other night, and they said, "Hey, we want to make sure our disabled folks get it." I think that's great. What we've got to do, and we've got a really smart group from the disabled commission working with Luis Santiago, who's our new CIO and my chief of staff. To with Felix to come up with the distribution methodology because the senior citizens may have on their list somebody who's a veteran. So what we can't afford to have happen if we've got a limited number of kits is a uh, senior who's a veteran who's disabled is on three lists. We can't distribute three kits, right? Uh, so we're putting that all together um, and trying to do it. And that's why I, I'm spending my nights at home going through these handwritten lists so this came to us so quickly, Teresa, that we didn't even have a process set up. So literally what happened, for those of you that did the drive-through part of it, beyond what we, we gave out, and kudos to Linda Susi, Linda Sheehan, and all the other people who did the same thing, we literally took the name of an individual, we looked at their license, we made sure they lived in Methuen, we wrote their address down, and how many people in the household. So they're for Methuen residents only. If you are a Methuen resident, you've got loved ones who live in Kankakee, Illinois. Please don't try to take the test kits for the people in Kankakee, Illinois. Right? There's a method for them to get that. So um, we're trying to make these these test kits go as far as possible, right? But be as fair as possible. And so what I'm doing, spending my nights making my eyesight even poor, is taking these handwritten lists. And believe me, I wish I had given cursive class to some city employees. We should go back to cursive, Superintendent. Okay, all yeah. right. Note taken. Yeah. Um, and I'm putting them down, and then I'm checking them against uh, our city census list. And I'm doing that not to say, aha, you took four kits. What I'm doing that for is to see what saturation we got in certain sections of the city. Mm -hmm. All right? And, and so that's a data approach 
So the only thing I'd say to you, Paul, is, yeah, we want to, we want to make sure veterans get it. Um, we got to make sure that they're not getting it from seniors or getting it as part of disability or whatever, right? So we've got to make sure we've got integration lists. And uh, I want you all to meet, Paul. I'd ask you to speak to Luis Santiago, who's our new CIO. I don't think you've had a chance to meet him yet. Next you? week. Did you? Okay. Next he's, week, yeah. He's, he's the real deal. So, And by the way, I've forgotten the good news before I forget. The DPW audit, the final audit is in today. It's, it's been sent to council for their review. It's going to be presented Tuesday night by the consultants. Uh, so those of you that wait and watch for that, you should watch that. And uh, we also have the reorg plan for Chief McNamara and the Bethune PD. So it, it uh, portends to be a uh, rather involved city council meeting Tuesday night. So tune in. Stay tuned. All right. Uh, so those are those two questions. Quebec is rolling out a new vaccine incentive program. Vaccinations required for the purchase of alcohol and marijuana. Seems like a pretty good method to induce. But yeah, uh, not bad. Not bad. That's a great idea, actually. Uh, okay, let's see. I don't think they're having some conversations there without us. Yep. <laughs> I believe the city of Boston is starting, is requiring a vaccine confidence. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to be up front with you, and I know some of you may disagree with me. But here's my logic, and I'm open to your inputs, and I'll, I'll consider what you think. Um, so, um, you know, one of the more debated topics was the $1,400, excuse me, the $140,000 I refunded to local residents or restaurants uh, because they had to close down. And uh, one of the things that I wrote to the governor about is, I think sometimes our lawmakers forget what it's like to be a border community. And so it's very difficult. Uh, we're trying to build a business repertoire here in Methuen, and Jack Wilson is doing a hell of a job uh, getting that going. Um, we got a letter of intent from Battlegrounds Coffee. I'm super psyched. Oh, Battlegrounds Coffee coming to Route 97. We're going to move heaven and earth to make that happen. So Dana, if you're watching this, so Sal, we are going to do everything possible to do business with you. Um, but I, I say this to you. For the places that were in business during the pandemic, during the shutdown, when the Commonwealth ordered the shutdown, um, you could be like me. I live on Hampstead Street. I can literally toss a rock softly into New Hampshire from my backyard. All the New Hampshire restaurants were open. So what message are we sending our small businesses if we don't give them some aid to try to stay afloat? Because as I've said many times on the program, they are the backbone of this community. They're the ones who donate to the schools, to our youth sports programs, to everything we do. And we've, we've got to kind of turn around and support them as well. So patronize them. Uh, get your dinner at least one night a week from one of our fabulous places, Bada Bing, Borelli's, uh, you know, Irish Cottage, Mann's. By the way, I posted last week the meatloaf panini from Mann's. <laughs> out of this world. Out of this world. So if you get a chance. I, I like meatloaf. So we won't be doing vaccine cards. That was a long-winded answer there. Um, but it is what it is. Okay. Um, now I'm catching up to you. Ed Quinn's wife said the client was A-plus and the students were very polite and respectful. That's good to hear. It is very good to hear. Do I think the school system might go back to a hybrid remote school classes? I don't. I, I, so we addressed that earlier in the program, Teresa. 
So if we do, that's, that's going to come from the state level, right? And there's been a, a definite edict that says we want to keep, no. <laughs> keep people in stool, right? So. Yeah, I think if it was going to happen, we all agree that it would have happened last week and this week. Uh, so the state has no intention on telling us to switch learning models that we will be open. Yep. What brand were the COVID-19 test kits? They're eye health, and those are the ones. So, Christina Raymond, uh, the kits aren't available yet. They will be here shortly. Um, they're not available, so where do you go to get some? Um, so, uh, it was two weeks from last Friday, I was told, we get them. So, that would be a week from this coming Friday. All right? So, our plan is to have a distribution methodology and to start distributing them sometime the week of the 24th as long as delivery holds. Now, I say that because um, when I hear things like the governor's ordered 26 million uh, test kits, uh, he goes to the front of the food chain, and he may bump us out a little. Yeah, so. we'll see. Uh, yeah we don't, we're not sure about those test kits yet. So. Yep. Um, okay, so I think we've answered most of the questions. So um, how's the general morale of the teachers, the custodians, based on what I'm hearing, doing a fabulous job keeping the school? School's clean. Yeah. How are people feeling? Tired. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just... I th- loaded I really, question, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. a loaded question. I do, I do think it just it feels different, right? It's a different kind of exhaustion, um, especially this year where everything is happening in the world the way it happened pre-pandemic. Right. Uh, so life is normal outside of school uh, for the most part, and so... You know, there's a lot of uh, stress between we're doing all these things in school and then we know kids are going and doing just regular <laughs> things. And uh, so there's some tension and stress with that. Um, but but I, I, last week, I think, was really hard uh, for folks to come back. It was, a, you know, there were a lot of people out and a lot of students out. Um, I think everybody needed the snow day on Friday. Uh, one of the easiest decisions I've ever made in my career, which always used to be the hardest uh, was calling that snow day, but uh, it was a legitimate snow day and uh, some very dangerous conditions. But uh, I think we're we're starting to move back up. I think people are realizing with their own families and their own experiences, uh, we do have people coming back to work on day six. I, you know, I think that's that's also something we're experiencing. We weren't sure how that was going to go, right. um, but we do have people who are asymptomatic and yeah. positive and coming back on day six or really mild symptoms coming back on day six with, with you know, knock on wood, no issues. Yeah. Um, same with the students. So I think that change, uh, you know, has just been helpful to keep people uh, coming back to work and, yeah. and feeling part of the system. Ten days is a long time to long be time. out of work or school. Uh, you really do feel, I think, more disconnected. So... Um, but it is, it's hard. It's hard on the teachers. It's hard on the kids and staff. You know, they're out or they don't have all their kids in front of them. Um, you know, we're, we're still, everything in our school day has remained the same. Uh, you know, we're not having kids sit in a classroom all day. We just physically don't have the ability to do that same structure that we did last year with a hybrid with yep. less kids in the building. Yep. You know, and that's really the difference when I've talked to some parents about, are we going to, can we do that again? And we just, we can't keep kids in one space because there are kids all over the building, right? right? And so, um, 
But but at the high school, I've just been so impressed with Mr. Barden and his team. I mean, 800 kids going through a lunch seems very, you know, daunting. But he has them. There's so many spaces they can eat. Uh, they eat in the media center. It's like a food court. You know, they're, they're, it's quiet. Kids are doing their homework. I spoke to a lovely young lady yesterday who was knitting a dress. So just to have that quiet time and space to eat lunch and just you know, relax and, and decompress yeah. for half an hour. Uh, and they're spaced out so they don't feel like they're on top of each other. So they yeah. have the cafeterias when the weather gets nice again. Although there were some kids eating outside, not yesterday, but the day before yeah. uh, at the high school on the patio. Some yeah. kids still like going outside even though it's cold. But, you know, everybody's doing everything they can to keep those mitigations in place. You know, where every other seat in the cafeteria, we're still keeping kids in classrooms and cafeteria for lunch and snack trying to get outside for, for breaks as much as possible. So we're still doing all those things. Right. Um, but we are working through this. Uh, you know, we haven't really changed course. Uh, we're just sort of working through how, the struggles that come with, you know, yeah. less staff and less students. Now you mentioned some statistics. I don't know to put you in the spot. Yeah. When we were at school committee the other night, you, you said an average day pre-pandemic, the attendance would be in the 95-ish. Right. So 95 to 97% is about average for, for us for daily attendance. Right now, yesterday was very low because of the cold day. Yeah. Uh, we're back up today to 85, <laughs> 84, 85 across all five buildings. Um, so that's what we saw Monday. We saw that at the end of last week. Uh, Thursday, we saw us going back up into the 80s. So I think it's just a combination of you know covid uh, parents choosing not to send their kids to school right now. Right. Um, so it's a combination. So 85, you know, I just hope and expect that to keep getting better too as the next week, we go into next week and the week after. Now the uh, sports, uh, you know, uh, sports is still going on. It is. Right? So I know we had some issues over the winter break. We did. And then we've kind of come back here. We know. have. So so we we definitely had our, our winter more of our winter teams had uh, COVID-related issues during the, the holiday vacation, uh, and some of the other schools are feeling that now. Uh, so we haven't had to put any teams out uh, or uh, missed. Yeah, right now, since we've been back. Wood, yeah, yeah uh, we've had to postpone a few games because of the other team situations. But the ADs, just like last year, are working every day making phone calls. You know, are things happening? Where's the teams? Are we good? Um, you know, we haven't limited spectators at any of our venues here in Methuen for our high school sports. We just we haven't felt the need to have to do that at this point. There are some districts who have. Um, you know, our, I've I've gone to a, in the hockey rink. You know, we're, we're not we're not at a place where people are on top of each other and they're not following the rules. Right. You know, we're asking everybody to wear masks uh, when they're at a game. It's really hard. Uh, and we've had this conversation. It's really hard to start limiting that when the next day they're going to go to a Bruins game <laughs> at the Garden, uh, you know, and all those things around us are still happening. So again, we're we're keeping the rule on the masking. Uh, you know, we're, we are definitely our coaches and our kids and our spectators. We want to really adhere to the masking rules. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I did ask Matt Curran. You know, our teams have been really good about when they go away. Uh, we do MIA and the the conferences do expect the kids and the coaches to wear masks, even if the facility is a option mass optional place. 
you know, you're representing the school. This is our rule. We want everybody to be safe. So coaches and students definitely wear masks when you go to the Salem Ice Center or, you know, wherever you're playing your games. So uh, we're following it. Jen Sawyer uh, is one of the nurses at the high school, and she works very closely with Matt Curran. Uh, If we have a case on the sports team, we already have – we have predetermined lists of who those close contacts are, and we put them in test and stay. Uh, and so we'll continue them in test and stay even on the weekends so they don't miss games. So it's we're, – again, we're working through this. I, I, I feel we're on our transition way to a new normal. You know, So this is something that we've talked about as superintendents is if we start pulling everything back again – you know, we're, we're going to go right back to this, and right. we just are we transitioning to what is going to be our new normal in society and in our schools and, yep. you know, how we're dealing with this illness. So uh, there's a lot, but uh, we are, we're, we're working through it. We're following all the rules, and we're, you know, the Binex testing is, has really been helpful. I'm, I'm just, yeah. it took us a while to get that off the ground, but I'm really glad that we have it because it has been a game changer for us. Yeah, now let me, uh, so the test and stay program. Yes. How's that work? Very busy. Um, <laughs> Not at all. Super busy, uh, but it's great. I Again, I can't uh, – I'm so appreciative of all the staff that we have working with us at this point. Um, we're sending probably more uh, symptomatic students to them at this point, you know, kids coming to school and not feeling well during the day. Uh, but just having that opportunity to do that is remarkable, right, for parents and for us to be able to test the student right there and within 15 minutes have an answer and the parent knows the answer and then we know what to do, right? There's no, the parent has to take the kid somewhere. So uh, that's been remarkably helpful and and it has been going well. I mean, it really, once we got it off the ground, it was a rough start, but uh, it's been going very, very well. The staff has been great. Our nurses have been great. Yep. So, Teresa Wega-Henkel said, I enjoy going to Methuen High School, played Christmas Carol last month. Yes. High school students did a a great job. It was a nice event. So it was. Kudos to you guys. Yeah, again, we're trying to we're trying to move through, you know, ha- have some sense of normalcy with our yeah. performances and events, but I, it's hard. I think Ed Quinn is a big fan of yours. Yeah. And I say that because he worked for me at Raytheon. I don't think he ever talked to me this much when he worked for me at Raytheon, <laughs> right? He said he's privileged to hear so many stories and watch every school committee. He watches every school committee. Methuen children are being watched out for both administrators and financially, and I agree with that. Right? I, so, um, and I appreciate you saying that, Ed. So one of the things I want to add is um, we all need to, how do I say this respectfully, dial it down a little bit because our children are learning from us. We can't go to the immediate DEFCON 1. When we, have a, we, we need to be able to have some calm and rational discussions about what we're doing and why, um, and sometimes even be able to disagree with them. Right. right? Understand that it's not going to be what you want it to be. Um, ideally, we would, we would love to be fully staffed and, right. you know. Unmasked and everything unmasked else. Unmasked and yeah. have every class running. Right. That's not reality right now. Right? So, um, uh, so I appreciate the point. I think... The term I use, Ed, is I see a a good faith effort happening everywhere. Oh, absolutely. And I would urge patience, right? There's so much, and I get it. When you're a parent, nothing gets me more agitated. My children are 26 to 32, and I still get agitated when there's something impacting them. 
So I understand being a parent. But, you know, this is the hand we've been dealt. We've come out of this before. Um, you know, if I look at before, mm -hmm. the cases seem to be more severe, although less frequent. Now we've got more frequent cases. But like, yeah, it's shorter. Albeit for the five mm -hmm. deaths. Right. Typically less severe unless you have underlying medical conditions. Right? We're going to get through this together. Just need patience and the ability to talk to each other. Right? So if questions, don't go to social media. Call your school. Right? Talk to the talk to the administration school if you've got a concern because they're more than happy to address it. Yeah. I and I and I and I want to say this because I think this is really critical. You know, we focus on a lot of the things that are in the media and the, the, the difficult things that we're dealing with. But walking through the buildings, I got to spend uh, some time, not yesterday, the day before, in a kindergarten classroom reading a story, and the, the teacher had all of her kids were present. Right? The teaching and learning is still happening. Um, you know, we're, we do have obstacles, and we're, we're trying to manage those obstacles the best that we can. But, but we are a pretty... Um, tenacious breed, us educators, right? People are showing up. They are giving it their all once again. Yeah. Uh, and teaching and learning is happening. So I, I, want, I do want to say that out loud, right? Yeah. We're not just stopping what's happening. Yeah, it's just, you know, we're, we're rolling with the, the pieces that are kind of in the way at the time. But, um, and the other pieces I feel right now, the, the, the absences are more short-lived, right? So there's, there's, instead of a teacher or somebody being out two to three weeks of time, it's maybe a week, right? And so it's the, the turnover doesn't feel as impactful. Um, it's still disruptive. There's no doubt, no doubt disruption. Um, but we are doing everything, and the teachers are the program assistants. I mean, people are showing up. They want to be there. They want to do whatever we need them to do to help, you know, supervise. They, they're wonderful with the administrators, um, again, everybody, custodians, everybody's just been pitching and doing everything they can to, to keep things open and running. So I do want to say that like school is happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, we're, we're I focused a little bit. Yeah. We're focused yeah. a little bit on the, the hard part of it and the things that we're struggling with, but it brings me the most joy just sitting in a kindergarten classroom, reading a book with the kids. The kids don't know any different, you know, they don't know how stressed, the adults right. are sometimes trying to right. figure this out. So it's just, that's been wonderful. And I appreciate yep. uh, just every day that people are coming, giving it their all in our district. Yeah. Got a question here that says, is the city of Bethune still giving out free masks at City Hall Customer Service Desk? You betcha. Absolutely. Or um, if you can't get out, you can um, text the mayor and we'll drop them off at your house. Uh, we still have those beautiful blue masks. Um, I actually, I'm going to be honest with you, I found uh, with glasses, so I'm blind without my glasses, these masks actually work better for me. The cloth one causes more of a fog-up problem. Uh, so this one, I can fold it around my nose easier, and it keeps the, yeah. you know, otherwise I walk into a room, it's going to take me a full three minutes to kind of figure out who's what and where. We have some staff who have some great, uh, Mrs. Tatro, you know, Martha Tatro, yeah. she has a great system with uh, clips that go underneath the mask. Oh, yeah. Onto her glasses, so yeah. it, it will not fog up the glasses, Ooh. but connected. Yeah, very, like, yeah. super smart. That's you know? like problem number one for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you offer remote learning? Teresa, yeah, we talked about that. We, we do not, right? Um, we do not currently. We do not. Um, 
It's it's just a it's a very difficult thing to do right now, um, but all the kids should have access to um, Google Classroom uh, that that teachers are posting every day, and you know in grades two through twelve they bring home their devices back and forth if they need it, and then if students need it in K and one they can bring home their device if they have COVID for the week. We yeah. we are allowing them to come and get those. So I'm assuming we're doing we what still- we can to keep them up. I'm assuming we still have opening for BBEs and program. We've got openings for BBEs. Yeah. Uh, we've got openings for program assistants. We actually uh, have three nurse openings now. Uh, so any nurses out there want a lifestyle change and have school-based hours, uh, we are looking uh, at this point. Um, custodians, I think we, we I think we have yeah. openings almost yeah. in every department right now. Yeah, we have to. Um, nurses is a tough one because nurses is a really tough one. They're making a lot of money in the hospitals yeah. right now, and so yeah. it's just it's, it's an unfortunate. Yeah, it's a very difficult job. It's difficult this year. Our nurses are just you know. Yep. Kudos to Mary. Yeah, and the they're team. Um, they're working so hard. I bring that up because of, you know I'm gonna. So it took me a little while to get the BBE jargon. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So the BBE is somebody who's assigned to a building, who's there when teachers are out. So you could be teaching grade two one day, mm-hmm. grade four another day. Or for a week, you could be in a classroom a week, yeah. to cover for somebody who's right? out. Yep. So if you're not working, uh, you could use a little extra income. We need all the help the children, we can get. Uh, we would love to have you. Yes. Right? We just we actually, our HR department posted all of those. Po- we take them down and we repost them every week or so. So we reposted all those jobs again. Uh, so it's right on our website under employment opportunities. And then if you're not comfortable with that role... Program assistant, you know, helping teachers, yep. et cetera. Plenty of those opportunities available, right? Plenty. Yeah. And if neither of those two appeal to you, <laughs> go look at the city side jobs because we've got jobs in DPW. Bus drivers, I'm telling you that too. So, yeah. we're, you know, I know everybody understands that, but the bus company is really feeling a hit. They were already feeling the staffing hit. Yeah. Um, but we're getting daily phone calls from NRT, just they – their office staff is out. You know, our our sh- live sheet isn't being updated every day, so we understand that. But we're doing everything we can to work with them uh, and get messages out that we need to. So how did that work? Yes. So yesterday was uh, uh, the kind of day that at my age that mm. I didn't want to leave my house. When I got to City Hall, I didn't want to leave City Hall. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I wanted to go home and yeah, get in. Yeah, yesterday was okay. You know, I sent a letter home on Monday night encouraging parents to you know make sure kids dressed appropriately, don't leave them out at the bus stop, just because of the unpredictability of some of those bus routes. Um, you know, if they could drive them to school, please do. Uh, and and if parents did not or could not bring their children to school and did not think it was safe because of the weather, you know, if they are walkers or whatever the situation, it would be an excused absence at school because it's a weather-related situation, yeah. which is in our handbook. So um, we did have low attendance yesterday all the way around. I think some of the seniors were hoping for a cold cold day, snow yeah. day. Uh, yeah. But but it was okay. I mean, we we... We had school. I think our attendance was probably at about 70, 75% district-wide. So we had, you know, 10% less students than we did today. Uh, but it but it was okay. We had one bus accident. Uh, so we got a question here. This is, what about a CNA position that could help with nurses? We have those, too. So please. Please apply. Yes, please apply. Definitely. I please think apply. we still have those open, too. Go to the MPS We do website. have, yeah, we did post for uh, LPNs, <coughs> CNAs, or medical assistants. Um to be in each one of our schools. So 
right now with our nurse openings, if we don't fill those nurse openings, we do need all the help we could get. So yep. we can, t or subbing even, uh, to do some subbing for us. Okay, we're at 557. Uh, final thoughts you want to give to parents, audience, citizens? Just, you know, be kind, be patient. Uh, we're, we are all doing this together. We care deeply about the children that are in our buildings every day. You know, nothing that is happening is intentional. Uh, and I think if we just remember that, you know, we're not acting or, or keeping kids in auditoriums intentionally. This is the system that we're, we're doing everything we can. And I'm confident that the staff in the buildings are doing everything they can every day to make sure that they're focused on, on the kids and the kids' well-being and the kids' teaching and learning. So, um, you know, just I think everybody has been in a better place uh, with that and with us. Um, but we know how stressful it is, too, for everybody. Yeah. You know, acknowledging the fact that this is a stressful time, again, for families, you know, who are dealing with COVID and having sick, you know, how do you handle that in a family of four when all four people have COVID? Uh, we're seeing a lot of that again. And so, you know, we, we will be patient with you, and uh, we just we hope the same. <coughs> yep. Well, kudos to you. Um, kudos to you and uh, all the teachers, all the staff, I think you're doing a remarkable job. Um, I have a you. great appreciation, like I said, based upon what I'm seeing every day for the, for the I don't want to, almost circus-like act that you have to perform to keep everything covered. All right, it's really difficult. I think you guys are doing a hell of a job. I'm not going to say that publicly. Thank you. Um, so um, just to note, Mr. Noble's presentation on Monday so far, I appreciate the taxpayer that grants are under control. Well, thank you. Um, uh, as did I. Yep. It's good to know uh, that we have that money there. Um, Which I will say, if I would like, if I can say publicly, I guess that we actually got S three approved. Oh, did you? We did. So, Mr. Excellent. Noble worked the next day uh, with Desi, and we we got it approved last night. So, great. It's That's very great. exciting that we can just start moving forward and yep. you know focusing on the work. Yeah, yeah. I want to add. To, so, we've given the um, the ARPA list to the city council. Um, so they have it. Uh, what Melanson has approved and, and disproved, and I, I will say uh, publicly, much to my chagrin, everything that we wanted to do on parks and roads, uh, they said no. Uh, there is a loophole, um, and we're trying to, you know, based on once burned, twice shy, we're trying to be very careful about how we interpret that with our auditors, um, that the city has the ability to restore free cash from revenue that we missed in 2020. So that's being discussed between the CAFO and Melanson. will be added to the list. Uh, the school building was approved from a compliance standpoint. Yes. So now all that list goes to city council. So they, the city council has it. We have a discussion uh, this Tuesday night. So the three big presentations on the agenda, DPW, um, the police reorg, and the ARPA. The ARPA is going to happen at 6 o'clock, is my understanding, uh, because otherwise we'll be packing sleep sacks to get through the council meeting. And this will be just the kickoff discussion, because I think what we've got to formalize here, and I want to make sure I say this clearly, so, nobody, so what we want to do is talk about what's the methodology for taking a look at the projects that were approved and then deciding what we as a city want to do, right? So I can sit here and tell you that all the water and sewer projects get approved, right? And there's over $33 million of water and sewer projects. Uh, does it make sense to do them all? No. 
Um, a certain counselor said, hey, we should be building a, a DPW building. We asked that. Melanson said, no, not allowed. Um, so th that's the kind of stuff we've got to grapple with, right? But I point out to you that um, as recently as this week, uh, we got revised guidelines for ARPA. Uh, so the, the guidelines continue to change as the grant moves forward. Um, so we're working with our city council to make sure that we spend that $46 million as effectively and efficiently as possible for the residents of the city of Methuen. And that's all there is to it. There's no preconceived notion by the mayor that I'm going to do this or that. Uh, if that was the case, you know, you'll recall I put on the back of the uh, newsletter that goes out to every home, the fall, fall newsletter, it asked for your inputs, and two-thirds of the inputs we got said pave more streets. I agree with you. So I've asked the governor, partnered with Mayor Fiorentini, I asked the governor to give us more Chapter 90 money mm. since we can't do it with ARPA. Take some of that extra funding that you've got from the federal government, put it in Chapter 90, and let us pave more roads in the city of Methuen and Haverhill, too. And so there was wide response to that positive from our state legislators. I want to leave you with two quick things because I'm running a little bit over. We've got the uh, Great Lawrence COVID testing hours, if we can get that. Just a reminder of when they're available. All right, so today is Wednesday, tomorrow 1 to 6, Friday 1 to 6, and Saturday 9 to 1. Um, the crowds seem to be a little bit smaller mm. than they have been, so uh, you should take advantage of that if you need to get testing. Uh, we will be talking about the distribution methodology, and I want to give a couple personal shouts out to uh, people that I know, friends that are what I call on the sick list, right? So to George Cada, um, get well soon. We hope to see you back, my friend, uh, Hale and Hardy, and Ray Roble as well. And then to the families of the people who lost those five loved ones, our hearts go out to you, compassion. So remember what the superintendent said, patience, right? Let's be kind to one another. We're going to make it through together. Um, all of this is things that we have addressed before, and we can address it here. We are going to come out on the other side in February, um, and things are going to start getting better. So in the meantime, stay warm, uh, stay by a fire, uh, enjoy yourselves, and make sure you watch City Council on the 18th and School Committee on the 24th. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, God bless you all. Take care and stay healthy.